0: And welcome to This Week in Mormon's International Edition. We're happy to be here. Uh, it's a wonderful time of the year, and we're here with Georgia. Hello.
1: Nice to see you again, Daniel.
0: Thank you. Nice to see you too. I'm, I'm happy that we have the opportunity to to have this um episode today together. Unfortunately, uh, Daniel Janius is not able to be with us. He's taking a uh, well-deserved vacation. So uh, we're in charge of this episode this week and we're very happy to do so. So what about your week, Georgia? How How's everything going in the other side?
1: The other side oh, of the pond. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, things have... I've had a good week. I have been on holiday this week. You'd say I've been on vacation. I'd say I've been on holiday. Have you heard of the Cotswolds?
0: Not at all. I'm, I'm not familiar ah, okay. with
1: that. I, I mean, they're, they're very popular. Um, it's a holiday destination in the UK called the Cotswolds. It's in the, the middle of the UK. That's where I've been this week. Uh, so just got back today and I've had a week away with the family. It's been lovely. Um, I was... In Worcestershire. Have you heard of Worcestershire sauce?
0: I mean, I've heard of the name. In fact, it's the first time I hear it pronounce it perfectly because it's not something I would say, Worcestershire, probably, which is. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think most people say War- Worcester or something like that, but it's. Wash-
0: Worcester or Worcester. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, there's all sorts of different ways of saying it, but I would say Worcestershire. As in the county Worcestershire, we were on the. This is another difficult word, Gloucestershire and Worcestershire, okay. Water, so yeah, had a lovely holiday in the Cotswolds. There were so many tourists there; I couldn't believe it. From different countries, there were all of these big coaches with Americans and Scandinavian people, and Germans, and and loads of different people. Um, but it was a lovely, lovely week. It's it's not. Um, a mountainous or a um particularly you know i'm not sure how to say it It, it's just it's just a lovely place it's it's a really nice place to go so we had a great week
0: what makes it so attractive to tourists then
1: oh it's it's just typically british so you've got thatched houses you've got beautiful stonework you've got the rolling hills you've got you know the green and pleasant land that is England. So it was lovely. The weather was terrible. So it rained pretty much every day.
0: <laughs> so, so you so you went there and you were, I don't know, camping or you were in a, in a cottage or oh, whatever? We, we were in a
1: lovely house on an estate. Okay. We went with my extended family. So it was this huge okay. eight bedroom house, um, which we loved. We had a swimming pool and it was hilarious. Even in the pouring rain, my daughter and husband, went swimming. So, um, we, yeah, we just so it's, had a really it's a holiday. Yes. Yeah. A lovely holiday, even though it always happens in England, it always rains. And then next week, the weather is due to be really good, but it's the first week of all of the schools starting back. So the 1st of September is typically the first day of school over here and you've okay. started school, um, university. No, no, we,
0: actually. no, we start this week.
1: Oh, you start this in, coming week.
0: So yes, New York State is a very particular state as well. It's probably the the one that starts the latest in, in, in USI. So the rest of the states probably started already around August or the end of August. But New York State has, because it finishes later on, then it starts later on as well. So, I mean, it's been kind of a crazy couple of weeks for us. I started school again I'm in my second year of the PhD degree, so I'm taking courses still. And, and this semester, I'm going to be taking courses in two different institutions. So uh-huh. it's been um, a logistic mess because we only have one car and then we have the kids here still at home. So you want to take them to a park or whatever, and it's just crazy. But I mean, I'm happy that uh, we're alive and we're safe and <laughs> and the weather be has been nice. so far. Yes, it's good to be alive and, and, and having this positive attitude. But yeah, I mean, it's been—I would say—tough. Uh, than I think it's a little bit tougher than last last year. I've been here for a year now, and and I thought I had everything under control. But then new things come up, and then you have to sort of sort them out. And and this particular issue with with taking classes into different institutions. It's also kind of an administrative mess because you don't have access to all the platforms and I don't yeah. know the, the student cards and, and all those small things that can make your life a little bit miserable, so to say, when, when you you don't have the full access to those things and, and you take that for granted. But but,
1: but hopefully I'll, it'll be worth it in the end, okay? hey? Yes, when I mean, I'm happy.
0: I'm happy. The classes are good. Professors are excellent. I mean, uh, the, the, the type of, of quality of professorship here is just amazing. I mean, all of them are, are publishers, top-tier journals uh, they participate in. And they're, they're editors or even they're, in some cases, they have been uh, boards in, in some of these journals. So it's it's just lovely. And, yeah, and, and you feel like they care about you and, and it's like a human size kind of experience where er- everyone matters. And, and I think that's that's more than, than significant for me. So,
1: Well, that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> so let's get into the news Absolutely. for this week. And, and I think they're wonderful news. And, and I'm happy that we got this week and not other week because... I'm
1: happy we got this week as well. There's been loads of just fun news this week. There's been... It feels like nobody's been unwell this week. Nobody has... Had any problems this week? It's all just been some lovely feel-good news for us to go through. So, why don't you kick us off with the first uh, piece of news to discuss? Okay, let
0: me read the heading: "Is General Handbook Gets Updates and Condensed Selections Offering in Some Languages." Okay, so I love the fact that the church is uh, constantly making updates and. First of all, I mean, I'm from a time where we had two different sets of handbooks. We've got the, the red one and the blue one, mm. and and now we've got one unified uh, handbook, and that's one wonderful thing first. And then second, that uh, the handbook is also going through updates, because this is a living church, and we believe in Revelation, and we believe in improvements, and, and therefore, I think it makes all the possible sense to have uh, updates and... And I'm, I'm curious because I haven't had the chance to to, to go through all of them, but I'm curious uh, which uh, interesting aspects have been improved, modified, uh, updated, or yeah. with, better, with a better wording, maybe, if, if yeah. that is
1: I have so much to say on this. So it's funny, you jogged my memory when you said there used to be two handbooks because when I was first looking into the church, I really wanted to get my hands on that handbook one, the one that wasn't available to the general. The blue one. Yeah. And I, I never I never did, but I remember thinking, Oh, what are the secrets that they're keeping from me in there? Um Yeah, what what are they? Um, So I read my whole way through that that red one, that handbook too, because that was available. I guess if I'd just asked at the time, if I'd been open with the bishop, he probably would have said, "There's nothing to hide here. Have a look." Um, But I I never did that. But I do like it now that there's transparency, and anybody could go on the church website and look at the handbook, couldn't they? And then I think it's great that it's not a physical book because like what's happened this week they have updated it and they can keep updating it and keep making changes and and we can be in this sort of living church rather than a stagnant church we can be part of this this church that's alive and is making changes and is listening to its members hopefully although maybe not quite as fast as some of us would like but at least you know the cogs are turning changes are happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going through some of the updates that are mentioned. Uh, Relief Society leaders, there's an update in that section, baptismal services, requirements for temple ordinance workers, conducting a temple recommend interview, temple ordinances for the living. There are plenty of things. I mean, and again, I I totally agree on improvement, on change. my personal belief as a member of the church is that we are all invited to change, to mm. be better, to be good. And and I think if that is invitation is at the root of everything we do, why not welcoming uh, more of these uh, changes that are operational in, in, in some of them in nature, but others might be administrative in nature, but many of them, if not all are spiritual in nature right so they're there to to help us understand better or maybe help us uh improve the way we we worship improve the way we we understand certain principles and and again some procedures uh, because they're not only uh administrative procedures many of them again if not all are also spiritual in nature so i i love that and and i love the fact that uh, we have a clear now, a very clear instruction about what are the changes and where do we find, find them. So
1: That's very true because sometimes you don't necessarily know what the changes are and it's hard to, to keep track. So it's nice that they have released this bullet point list where we can find out what the changes are and we can know um, exactly what we need to do moving forwards to help the work in our congregations.
0: And, and also resonates to me the fact that we have also letters that are addressed to specific members or, or callings in, in the church. And I think this this kind of goes together and, and kind of settles this two ways of how the church communicates or instructs uh, new updates or new changes. So it's all. One
1: that's grabbed my attention is in section 35.5, policies on using church meeting houses. It says there have been updates to the guidelines underscoring the safe and responsible use of meeting houses in ways that welcome and serve both members and friends. And one big thing for me at the moment in my own congregation that I'm really keen on is trying to get people who aren't members of our church into our church buildings i think it's so important because i don't know about your church building but ours just sits there so much of the time and it isn't used and i feel like it it could be used in in such a better way we've got a wonderful ward building we're right near the train station in our city where uh, it's got a car park which is unheard of in our city parking is really limited Um, there are so many ways that we could be using the building, that we're not using the building. So I hope that that update is encouraging to us, that we can sort of throw open the doors more often and we can have community events and and other things in our chapels.
0: Yeah, and and I, I was looking at it at a different perspective even related to safety. Yes, and and I think we, we we've talked about this before, uh, or or I've talked about this before with some other members of my ward as well, and how we we have safety plans for evacuation or, or whatever, right? And I think some uh, some members, some regular members, will not um, think of it as something important, but when you have such a big amount of people. We're thinking of a hundred people on a Sunday, and then I don't know. There is an emergency, a fire alarm, or whatever. Then most of the time, because we're so used to going to church and everything is peaceful and quiet and 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 spiritually uplifting, then you don't you don't mind about <laughs> thinking where's the, I don't know the safety place or or where should where should we go when we evacuate or or, or very small things that might be not really relevant, but on the other hand, really, really necessary when the time needs them to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also, I think it, it should probably touch upon that aspect as well, I hope.
1: Well, it's certainly okay. given Wardley, there's a lot to think about. But shall we move on?
0: Yes, sure, sure. So yeah, yeah. And in, 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 at least in our case, we we worked with with one of the counselors and, and one member of the ward that is very well-versed and, and we did like an evacuation plan and it's, in very specific spots, so then we're trying to make sure that the the brethren, the, the membership of the ward knows exactly where the evacuation exits and, and everything. So yeah, we're trying to do uh, a reasonable job in that space as <laughs> well. <laughs> Besides uh, all the other stuff that is happening, but it's fine.
1: Sure. Well, let me read the next one then. So this is an article which was run this week. Um, by LDS Living, and it talks about how the CEO of the clothing brand, Cotopaxi, has accepted an assignment to serve as a mission president, him and his his wife. So his name is David Smith, and we're not quite sure how to pronounce his wife's name, but we think it's Ajelene or similar. Ajaline
0: or Aiseline. Yes.
1: Aiseline, yes. And they look so young in the picture of them. if yeah. you Google them, they look really young. I don't know exactly how old they are, um, but it's it's really lovely to see such a a successful business person accept a a call to serve um, a mission, at least in my opinion anyway, because he's he's obviously someone who has achieved great success and is a CEO of a major international company. And he can now transfer those skills into into the mission field.
0: Yeah, and I think the fact that he is committed, you know, to serve also uh, in a way is an an expression of how he understands his temple covenants. And and every now and then, I think we forget, or 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 it's easy for us when it's convenient, you know, to to remember those covenants, and and when we're challenged. You know, it's it's just tough. And I mean, for for all of us, like pedestrians, citizens, regular citizens, I mean, we have to abandon certain things, that is, attending to church or attending to meetings, and maybe we had something else planned, and then we say, no, I'm going to go to church and, and all, right? But when you think of someone that is so successful, and it's uh, kind of running a very, powerful company and and it's uh, been very profitable and he decides at a as we see of probably young age still to serve and and to be a mission person for three years it's 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 not a small decision to make right and so then it's not all about the money first that's the first thing that comes to your mind and then second uh clearly this person understands his temple or, or their temple as a, as a marriage, uh, their temple covenants, and, and they, they're they willing to serve the Lord. And again, it's easy to think of people abandoning certain things. Or, or even myself, when I had to go to a mission, I thought, well, I'm abandoning college or abandoning family, friends, uh, I don't know. But it's such a small or tiny sacrifice, right, in comparison to, to someone that is a CEO that is running a... a a successful at this point is a very successful, very popular brand uh, and decides to go and serve the mission for three years. Uh, uh, and being in charge also the huge responsibility that, that uh, requires a formation president presidency or mission president and, and uh, to take care of 200 uh, young single adults, right. For, for three years, it's, it's just massive. And, and the impact mission presidents have on, 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 their sister missionaries and, and elders is just amazing. I, I don't know if you've heard, but but usually when returned missionaries or returned sister missionaries talk about their mission, they usually quote their mission present or mm. their.
1: Uh, You're right. Their yeah, that's true.
0: So it is quite of a thing. It is. It, 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 you start talking about your mission for, for a long time, and 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 your testimony is strengthened, and 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 it grows during that time. And and I think of it as uh, a very strong uh, base of what has been my testimony. Uh, Of course, it it has grown in time and and I've learned and I've experienced spiritual uh, things for myself since then, right? I'm I'm not leaving out of those uh, past missionary experiences. But what I'm trying to say here is that uh, a mission present uh, that is unknown, let's say... uh, a known business person then might have an interesting impact on those missionaries that know this or or yeah. they're surprised by by this kind of sacrifice, right or, or
1: totally. but I think for someone who knows what a mission is, it's not surprising that he would he would make or they would make that choice him and his wife I guess would make that joint choice to go on a mission. but the article actually um quotes that fortune.com ran an article saying that he is now a mission president because of course he began his service a few months ago but it, the article's just come out this week um, where an outside perspective has labeled his decision as shocking and I think it, it totally would be right to someone who knows nothing about the church knows nothing about missionary work to have a CEO of a company suddenly step down and say hey I'm going to spend three years not earning a salary in fact, paying probably paying to go on mission, this yeah. mission, um, it it probably would be incredibly shocking to those people, but hopefully it would be a good opportunity for them to look into what he's actually doing. I believe they're serving in Brazil um, and will need to learn Portuguese and it will come with a whole host of other challenges. But yeah, an interesting one there. Um, and fascinating that fortune.com has run this article on this man, and is seeing it from a whole different perspective.
0: Yes, yes, I, I like that, and 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 I like the, the fact that he's very very open about it, about his religion and about his beliefs. Because sure. sometimes we, we, we just think it's it's something private and we keep it to ourselves, which is okay. I, I totally respect that approach. But then when you're so big, right, and uh, in in those secular arenas, then. When you're given the opportunity, then you should come out and say what what you believe in and what you want to do with your life. So it's just amazing. So, yeah. Congrats on on, on, on that huge uh, new mission present. Absolutely. Around. We've got another very interesting news that comes from church news, and it's about President Nelson. As you may know, besides. Just besides being the president of the church and being our current prophet, CRN revelator, President Nelson also was a very successful cardiologist yes. during his, his time. So he donated his medical journals to the University of Utah. So what do you think about that, Georgia? I mean, uh, why, why do you think is, is this an, a relevant uh, piece of article or piece of news? I
1: just love getting a glimpse into the lives of our church leaders. And we see them with such a a tunnel vision, don't we? Like, just just for a second, imagine President Nelson not wearing a suit, you know? Like, we only see him wearing a suit. Um, And I just love it that he was this hugely, hugely successful surgeon for 30 years well, maybe longer than 30 years. I don't even know, I'm guessing at 30 years of his life. And when I saw that article this week, it just, it really opened up that there are so many different aspects to his personality. And I've heard different things, you know, that he was still skiing at age 90, for example. You know, I know that he plays the piano, different things. I just, I guess I see him as someone who speaks at general conference and who leads the church, but he's actually this really amazing man yeah in in other ways and i love it that he has donated his medical journals to the university of utah um i saw a photo and they were all you know really really neatly lined up there's uh, obviously with the medical journal it will be a a document of of his academic life i get academic and surgical career and it's just it's brilliant to to find out i i really wish we had more information about um about our church leaders like i know this sounds really random but i really want to know what they eat because they're all so healthy <laughs> and vibrant and i'm like i need some of that you know
0: <laughs> give, give give me yeah give me give me your your yeah your daily yeah i would love a day, day in the girl. life
1: of i know that on instagram recently um elder bednar did like a come with me into my day as an apostle and i felt like it really towed the line i thought it could have been so much more interesting it was like Oh, I go to this meeting. I go to that meeting. I was like, no, I want to see you, you know, going home. Like, what are you? Yeah. Do you eat dinner with what's, your wife? What's your, what's
0: your routine? What's your What's your Yeah, like uh, you brush um, your teeth. Your running routine. Like, yeah. what
1: are you? You know what? <laughs> what's the deal here? Um, and yeah. it was it was just a really you know, yeah, boring. I'm going to use the word boring. It was a boring video which just showed him going to a lot of meetings well to be fair they were quite nice meetings but I felt like there was so much more I wanted to see him as a human and I think that's what this um this medical journal article has given me is to see President Nelson as a human being and I would I would just love to see more of that I um back in I think it was 2016 I had the opportunity, I was living in Oxford at the time, I was doing my teacher training, I'm a physics teacher, I was doing my teacher training at the University of Oxford and I had the opportunity to go and hear Elder Christofferson speak uh, about his career. He gave this, this symposium at the University of Oxford and it was almost entirely secular what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about the gospel at all and it was a it was a secular lecture for people attending the university, and it was absolutely fascinating to see him in a different way because all of these people who are church leaders have fantastic things about them that we just don't necessarily get exposure to. So I would like more of that. I feel very passionate about that. Can you tell? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, and, I, and I get I get this feeling like for some people like members of the church are boring but mm-hmm. i get the total opposite perspective that i mean there's plenty of cool people they're very active church members and they're very they have very interesting stories uh, mo- many of them very successful uh, in different spaces and and i think this this whole idea of, of um, you know being the best we can and trying to to achieve greatness in whichever endeavor we we engage uh, it's just a call for everyone, right? And and if you're good at something, then try to excel. And I think our leaders currently, they all excelled. I mean, I have this perception that they uh, excelled and they uh, defeated the world, right? I mean, they were able, they were capable of defeating the world. And because of that, they were called to this very challenging assignments, right? That is running. The Church of Jesus Christ. So uh, I love that all of them have something very very interesting to, to tell us in their own personal stories, mm. you know, their own backgrounds and, and what they did while they were younger and while they were growing up and how their decisions shaped the way they are there today. So yeah, in a way, I agree with you. I would like to to know I don't know the the routines. Yeah, the, the, the physical activity they do, uh, what they eat, yes, and how many hours do they sleep and, and things like those that might be helpful for all of those of us that are trying to have a a healthier, better lifestyle as well. So (laughs) it it sounds fun. And, and finally, I think allowing a university to keep these records and to keep these journals in a world that is just requiring money uh, for, um, this, uh, Excellent quality bits of information that are research projects or, or papers, right? Uh, That's true. It's just it's it's a reminder of the importance of sharing the the knowledge to others, right? To be to be for it to be uh, replicable, for it to be uh, spread and and accessible. So I yeah. also believe of oh, the importance of the accessibility of, of this kind of information, and and I'm happy that the President Nelson did it for for the wider community, right? For the...
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he could have said that he wanted money for it and he just donated it. So he wasn't trying to grab money from, <laughs> from anyone.
0: All good, all good. Georgia, would you like to go to the next?
1: Yep, so they ran an article this week and we're going over to Thailand for this piece of news. It is that the young single adults attended an early tour of the new bangkok thailand temple even ahead of the media so more than 375 young single adults met with elder and sister gong at, in a devotional prior to the tour of of the temple and then they got to attend the temple before anyone else so why do you think that was that they invited the the young single adults
0: I don't know. I, I, the, the first guess would be it's a boat of trust. Then it would be an opportunity for them to to recognize the importance of the temple. And I think that's also a strong message, you know, that everyone is invited to a temple. And the temple is not only for married people, you know. I mean, sometimes, or growing up in the church, you know, if you were single, you you were uh, suited to a very specific set of callings and you, you couldn't be called to, I don't know, being let's say, elder Square present or, or Relief Society present and I've seen a, a change in that space and I think the change is good because if you're worthy, you could sur- serve anywhere in the church, right? And if you're worthy, you can go to a temple you can receive your own endowments and you can do covenants, right? Of course sealing to your spouse right, and and and, and and having that powerful um, covenant is really, really important. But we know that also it's 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 such a, an important decision that we shouldn't rush rush people to to go and, and seal just because they have to be sealed and they have to be eternal families, right? So, and for some people, they didn't have the opportunity to get married and. That doesn't mean that they're not worthy or they're not capable of serving in, in different callings in the church. So, I mean, for, for the young single adults to participate in, in the in the open doors for the temple means maybe the first opportunity for some of them to see a temple from the inside first.
1: I had not thought of that. You are so right. Yeah. A lot of those young single adults, by the way, I hate that term. YSA, young single adults. <laughs> I I'm still wrapping my head around all the different um three letter combinations of the yeah. acronyms, that's the way you say yeah. it. Yeah. Still wrapping my head around that. But it's it's just such a, a tricky one for me. YSA. But yeah, you're you're totally right. Maybe some of them wouldn't have stepped into the temple before, they wouldn't have felt like it was relevant to them. So that's why they invited them i i'd be interested to know exactly what was said in in that devotional um and what counsel was given to them i'm sure it's it's in the article somewhere um but getting to to have that that focus and that spiritual experience would no doubt be a good experience for them
0: yeah yeah and and again i think this vote of trust and this opportunity for them to participate first is just a wonderful experience uh, a very yeah.
1: And I mean, temples are popping up everywhere now. Um, Exciting that there's one in Bangkok. You know, there's so many different places where there are temples. I was thinking about this earlier today. I wonder if the church has some sort of computer program which tells them where the temples are needed, you know, because they can see where all the members live and they can see the, the population density of each place. And I wonder if someone has created a program that runs all the different geographical locations where everyone lives and tells them where the temples are needed to give most members the opportunity to go to them. Does that make any sense? I wonder if they've done that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything is geo-referenced now, so I don't think it will be a difficult endeavor. At this point, I believe, I mean, if we can geo-reference meeting houses, it's just another step in the process just to to make uh, or run uh, software that will allow you to locate the next uh, reasonable location for for a future temple. So, yeah. absolutely, absolutely.
1: Maybe that's me just being it. practical. I guess all they have to really do is pray about it, right? And <laughs> I'll just be given the names of the places where the temple should be. That that would be the spiritual answer. But my my practical physics brain is saying, come on, like surely there's a computer program for this.
0: <laughs> and both things could work together i love that i love that, that both things can work together and can find a way to to provide both the reason the rationale behind it and also the spiritual reasons behind it
1: yeah and i i feel like i heard a story where just before conference president nelson felt inspired to announce a temple that he hadn't previously felt inspired to announce did you hear that? Am I making that no, up? I don't
0: remember that. I, I, I'm actually very curious about what you're saying because I don't remember that.
1: Okay, well, we'll have to hold that thought and maybe talk about okay. it sometime time because I, I have not got any information to verify it other than just a distant memory in my brain. Uh, but I feel I feel like that did happen, and it was for it was for a really out there location like Russia or China or or India or some somewhere like that
0: that okay. there
1: that there was that but i I can't quite remember but maybe we'll have to come back to that but yes you're right the the secular and the spiritual as a physics teacher i i'm just all over that that you know we can we can use the rational side of our brain but then we can also use our, our spiritual intuition and the two marry up so nicely and and for me science and religion just work really well together but i've gone off on a huge tangent now so maybe we should draw it back to the temple and we've got um Oh, of course. We've got this, this piece of news this week, which is, which is close to your home, which is that the First Presidency have announced the Manhattan New York Temple renovation plans. So they said that the temple is going to close next year for a renovation, and it's expected to take about three years.
0: No. So let, let, let me explain a little bit about this building. This is what I've learned. Um, the building has three purposes. Did you know that? So oh, it has. I, I it, it. it is a, a meeting house. It's, it's a church meeting house. It's also a church office building, and it's also a temple. Okay. So I mean, it's it's all the good things in 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 different layers, in different stories, and. I haven't had the chance to go there. In fact, I haven't had the chance to go to my with my wife to New York City. We live three hours and a half from New York City, from Manhattan. So it's a long trip. We have three, three kids. And then you know that it's just tough to, to spend, I don't know, six hours, six to seven hours just commuting and then trying to visit the temple or doing things around New York City will be difficult with kids. So we, we've been meaning to find a way to go and visit the place. And now that we have this announcement, announcement, we're very, I think, sad and worried that we won't be able to make it, probably, uh, before it closes. And then when it closes, it says three years. But I mean, three years is within the plans. But what if it takes a little bit longer, you know? So probably we will be out of the US while, while that happens. So we were just <laughs> uh, crying internally about about this feeling that we're not going to be able to to visit that, that that place. But I mean, all good reasons behind the renovations. And I think, um, people that, that worship in, in that particular temple or people that attend that particular meeting house will welcome the changes. And mostly, um, in, in practical terms I think uh, you build a, a building for a specific purpose and then you either have too too many people attending or too many people using the space and then you need to do renovations just for the sake of, of improving improving the facilities and and characteristics and
1: well, they're updating but, quite a few of the temples at the moment. I mean, I'm not hugely tapped into it because I'm not close to any of them, but I know that the Salt Lake Temple, they've recently said that's going to take a little bit longer than they expected it to. Um, then there's the St. George Temple, right, that they're um, doing renovations on and a few others as well. So they're they're obviously thinking that they need to update them and and give some fairly major major work to some of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, what I've seen uh, is that these renovations are in direct relation with the members that are using these buildings and this facility. So uh, I don't know, maybe parking spaces, maybe more rooms to do classes in the meeting house, more office space or open space for the uh, church office building and. You know, maybe the temple will have another, I don't know, other rooms to do ceilings, a celestial room. I mean, all those things are major modifications and and, and thinking of them as, as an opportunity, again, for the people that, that use these facilities is just wonderful. It's just a bummer for me <laughs> that I'm three hours and a half from getting to go there, but but feeling unable because I'm loaded with classes and and, and regular attendance to, to my university and, uh, and then research and,
1: and yeah.
0: kids at school right and, and the really yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah well it says it doesn't close until 2024 and they haven't given an exact date so maybe you've got time. who knows? <laughs> maybe you could go for Christmas and see you know all the beautiful Christmas <laughs> lights and, and whatnot yeah yeah yeah, that might be nice.
0: Yeah, we can try we can definitely try.
1: And one final point that I wanted to say on this one is that I wish there were more multi purpose buildings that's really cool church office meeting house and temple i think i wonder if they're going to do more of that in terms of in the future we're going to need a lot more temples and i just wonder if meeting houses could one day become temples i just yeah
0: that's an interesting thought i mean i was thinking for 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 this particular for this particular space you know that manhattan spaces are just crazy expensive Mm -hmm. so it's just uh an efficient way of having or using that very, very probably the most expensive piece of land on earth, right? And and, and to use it appropriately, right? I mean, and, and because the standard around is just uh, building on stories and then making stories uh, for different purposes or, or for specific purposes, then it's just not wasting the money, right? The, the, the sacred money the church has, on, on something that that is not going to be significant or contributive to to the membership, so yeah. But but I like the idea. I mean, I've never thought of it before. In, for instance, in my country, uh, because Chile is a very seismic country, then you can't build up uh, unless you spend a lot of money on it. Uh, build up on 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 height because it's way way more expensive. Yeah, I mean, you do it. There there are lots of buildings too, but it's. You, you prefer to buy land instead, instead of, I don't know,
1: making So are most of the houses in, in your country single-story? Yeah, I mean, you, you
0: have two-story uh, two houses, uh, that's, that's normal, but you don't have basements, for instance. It's not something you have. It, that doesn't exist, actually. No basements I, in Chile.
1: I'd never I, thought my, about kids that. It's
0: crazy with, with basements here because they're very common, but but they are non-existent.
1: Yeah. Well, we don't have them here in England either, but I'd never thought about it before. I mean, occasionally a house might have a cellar, you know, a wine cellar okay. or yes. something like that. But yeah, we don't have basements, but I don't know what the reason for that is. So,
0: here yeah. are very common. Every house has one. Even my my, my student house has one. It's, it's very dingy and, and like creepy and, and spiders and everything, but yeah. It <laughs> still has but, one. But it has, but it has one, yes. yes.
1: Yeah. Well, we've gotten way off topic, so... Bringing us back onto topic again, would you like to talk through our next news? Yes,
0: this is an LDS Living uh, article and it says Elder Bednar dedicates Joseph and Emma Smith's Kirtland home. So, I mean, Kirtland is is kind of a very relevant spot in church history. So um, it's interesting to see the church efforts also in the space of... Uh, making sure that historical sites are dedicated, are spiritually uplifting, and they're open to the general public. Uh, and I have I have the chance, because I live here in New York State, to visit uh, the sites around here. That is um, Hill Kimora, uh the Whitmer's Farm, um, uh, Sacred Grove, uh, the church... Uh, r- priesthood restoration site as well. They're all wonderful and they're all unique. So if any of the listeners today is thinking about going to any of the sites, I highly recommend it. Uh, if you go through the, the church web, web page, you will see that there is also an instruct, instructive uh, about uh, the, day, the days of operation, uh, what you can do there, how long it's going to take you to visit the site. Um And they're lovely. I mean, I recently went there because my in-laws are are visiting us, and it's just marvelous. And my in-laws are Spanish-speaking, so we we had the chance because there was a sister missionary that that spoke Spanish, and she did the tour in Spanish. Uh, Usually, you get videos that are exclusive for this place, for this uh, uh, visitor's experience. And they also played it in Spanish because they knew we were Spanish speaking. So it was, I mean, you felt at home. Uh, you felt welcome. Uh, we felt like, like they cared about us. And, and it was wonderful. And, and it was absolutely worth the trip. It, it, it takes us like three hours to get to Palmyra, for instance which you think it should be closer because it's within the New York state boundaries, but Palmyra is far from us. And, but at the same time was, was very wonderful to, to go and visit it. Yeah. What's your take as, as, as someone that is in, in the UK? Uh, what do you think about these historic places? Georgia?
1: Well, it's really funny that it's called history because it's actually not that long ago. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got buildings in in the streets surrounding me from you know the 1500s and 1600s, and it's it's just common for us. I mean, my uh, local cathedral has paintings in it from the 1200s. So the fact that we've got the this sort of more recent aspect to our church history is really interesting. But for me, it also brings a I suppose I I put um what's the word. It's not coming to me. But I, I have expectations that there will be more. I suppose what I want is the full story behind these okay. places. So I I feel like say say there's a, an event that happened a thousand years ago. We're not going to have the full picture of what happened at that time. However, if we have an event that happened 200 years ago when – you know the the printing press was around i'm assuming and and all that sort of stuff i feel like there there should be um really good documentation and that is potentially what this this house, this this dedication that Elder Bednar's has done of of Joseph and Emma Smith's house, I feel like maybe they're gonna they're gonna do that really well. So just skimming through the article, it says that they actually um, did loads of research and they found out what the house would have been like at the time of Joseph and Emma Smith living there, and they even lowered the ceiling to match the the sort of blueprint for what the house would have been which
0: standards of that time. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which is quite nice. But I think the fact that it is such recent history for me as someone from England who has this really, really long history um, at my fingertips, I feel like I do have a higher expectation that it's going to be really thorough and and really good. Um, I haven't been to any church history site on, on that, east coast of the usa at all i would absolutely love to i've been virtually during covid they did well i don't know if they still do they did virtual tours so i did a i think a sacred grove and a oh
0: awesome
1: yeah sacred grove virtual tour which was really nice uh we we did it as a ward activity i thought you know we're all in our homes we can't go anywhere why don't we virtually go to the go to the sacred grove why not and it yeah it was really nice so yeah just the more uh, places that they decide to, to open up for the general public, the better, I think. And the fact that they've, they've dedicated this, they bought it in 2012. Did you know that? So it's been a, a project 10, 11 years in the making.
0: So, I mean, I was recently in the church priesthood restoration site and, and that was uh, the first house of Joseph and Emma. In fact, that was in the land, the, the, the property of the Hale of Emma's family and that was their fi- first house and it was lovely to see uh, the details and, and how they laid out everything and and how the sister missionaries were explaining uh, what which room meant to them and then they had a table where, where Joseph started to uh, write the translation and you know what I learned and I didn't I, I mean I actually thought of it but I, I really I didn't know at that time that emma was her first scribe so emma was the first to start writing i think what, i did know
1: was. that somewhere in my brain yeah
0: but but it was so powerful when when they said that because in a way you also understand all the sacrifices and and, and the good work emma did for the restoration of the gospel and 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 it makes you also value all her efforts for 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 the cost so I think it was just just amazing to to see that. Um uh, as I said before uh you, you get in in the tour the, the the situation related to Emma's father and and his reluctance to accept uh, Joseph as, as as a member of the family uh because the the Hale were were kind of a wealthy family in comparison to to the Smiths, right? So uh it it was it was interesting and at that time they already had this uh, gossips about uh, Joseph having uh, you know angelic visitors and, and, and such. so it was it was a difficult time and I think I mean in those times you could see like this true love you know between you know a young Joseph and, and a young Emma that 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 really got to know each other and then decided to to have a life together. so yeah it's it's just wonderful to see that this final home, their last home together one that that they stayed a long time uh was finally dedicated and is also part you know of this broader option of visiting historic sites that are relevant to and to understand better our church history and and all this nuanced uh experiences that they did have and that were crucial for 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 what we've got today as a, as a church so so i'm i'm thankful that that this happened recently and uh, unfortunately I think Kirland from me is very very far I think it's like a couple of days driving so it, it will be crazy just to do it as, as I've did de- as I've done in the past do a, a day trip with the kids and, and yeah, yeah. at this point I don't want to, to bore them as well with, with, with just church trips and, and we want also to show them some other sites.
1: So, no I think okay. it I think it's interesting I, I don't know enough really about about these different sites. I know that the UK has a very interesting place called Gadfield Elm. It's actually very near to where I was staying this week in the Cotswolds. Well, it's not quite in the Cotswolds. It's it's sort of on a little bit further out, but it's it's that way. It, it would be within an hour of where I was staying. Um yeah, it's either in Gloucestershire or Worcestershire. There's those words. Going back okay. to where we've gone, it's either there. It's called Gadfield Elm and it's actually the oldest continuous what was it? The oldest chapel in the world, LDS Chapel yeah. in the world, yeah, and I've been I've been there, and it, it was wonderful, and it has a really special feeling about it, as I'm sure most of those those church history sites do. I think the challenge now is is getting people who aren't members of our church to go and visit and to see and to to learn more.
0: The, the experience so far, I, I've I had the chance to, to be in one tour where there were no members of a church, and it was interesting, and and so I mean for 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 very like. General reasons; those places are for free. Uh, they have okay. sister missionaries and, and uh, senior missionaries helping around and 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 cheering. But what I like the most, and this is something probably from my bias, but but I get the feeling or the sense that many non-members of the church think of us as people that are very um, insistent. And they don't like us because of that. Like, like we have this reputation of being insistent and, and, and knocking on doors and like, uh, uh, being, uh, I don't know, um, trying to push our, 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 our doctrine and, and our beliefs. But the, the sense I got from visiting the, 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 the church historic sites is the total opposite. It's an experience that is wholesome, that is, uh, spiritual in nature, that is relaxed. There's no signing up. Or, or give me your email address or your phone number and you will, and we will contact you, anything like that. And you have time to be by yourself and to think and to ponder about the things you, you, you heard, seen, or learned in the session. So it's just a wonderful experience. So I welcome everyone that hasn't been in the Church Historic sites to go, even members, friends of the church, uh, whoever wants to, Please do so and, and give yourself a favor and the opportunity to go because they're really something special and they're very well laid out and, and uh, purposeful and, and significant so
1: Well there we go. Thank you for that push. Maybe I should see if they're still doing virtual tours <laughs>
0: <laughs> and check and check if you have another another option. Okay so um, I think it's it's almost time for us.
1: To say hi we're uh, out of time, aren't
0: we? Yes, yes. We're almost ab- about running out of time. First of all, um, for all of those that are listening to us or watching us on, on YouTube, thank you for, for, for keeping it up uh, with the, This Week in Mormons, this international episode. Uh, if you have any questions, any comments, you can go to contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Uh, if you haven't, you can subscribe to Spotify channel or, or YouTube channel. If you would like to contribute to this uh, interesting um, expression of, of, of what we believe in and, and how uh, church and our beliefs are important to us, you can go through the Patreon also. There is a Patreon where, where you can um, help around and, and we will be more than welcome if, if you do so. And um, I don't know, Georgia, do you have anything around in your head that you would like to mention? while we close this episode
1: i think you covered it really nicely
0: thanks th- awesome yeah awesome so uh, we hope to see you soon probably sooner than than, than you expect we love to be around and this has been really really fun so have a wonderful week enjoy